podcast listeners, what's up? It's your host, Rafael Budashevsky, and I'm back for another solo episode because last week I took it off and usually I do my episodes early in the week, but I went on a little camping trip, so you don't get a guess this week, so... I'm going to have to do, but I will give you a lot of value in this episode because most of you have probably experienced low back pain in your life, and I want to tackle this topic because it's been over a year since I've spoken about this topic, and I believe I didn't touch on one aspect on it a year ago because it was more of a case study. Um podcast episode of a person I did an assessment on. So before we get into that, I'm going to do some shout outs because I realized on my last solo episode, I did not. And I got some cool, cool people listening to my show. So the number one is actually tied, which is the first time this has ever happened, is the city of Miami out in Florida. Shout out to everyone in Miami listening to my show. That is super awesome. Thank you so much. And tied at number one as well. All the way out my way, Vancouver, British Columbia, and Canada. Shout out to everyone in Van City listening to my show. That is amazing. Thank you so much. I love to see, you know, hometown love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Number three. I believe this is the first time this country's been up on my you know, top five list is all the way in Belgium, a city called Herentels, Herentels, Herentels. Hopefully I said that correctly. Anyone from Belgium listening, please reach out to me and tell me if I'm saying that correctly. And number three, all the way in Australia, shout out to McKay, everyone in McKay listening to my show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And the next one up, also in Australia, shout out to Liverpool, who's listening to my show. Super, super awesome. And an honorable mention, because my list goes on forever, number 12, all the way in Nepal, a city named Kathmandu. Shout out to everyone in Nepal listening to my show. That is super cool. That is the first time you've ever popped up on my list. That is freaking amazing. All right. So let's get on to the topic of episode 261, low back pain. The stats are ridiculous. There's almost probably everyone listening to this show has probably experienced low back pain at least once. The stat is like one out of three people have experienced a low back episode. And there is a lot to it. This is a topic that people like Stuart McGill who have had on my show could talk for like 10 hours straight because it's such an individual thing. But to help you in everyday life and especially in the gym, what I teach to clients to ensure their low back is safe when lifting is learning how to use their diaphragm. So if you think about it, um, our diaphragm is the first step 
to um, core stability and spinal stability. If you can't use your diaphragm correctly, the forces of whatever exercise you're doing is going to go in a direction of where you don't want it. A good example is like say someone's deadlifting or doing a bent over T-bar row or bent over something and after a couple reps they start feeling their lower back you know activate and start taking over the movement and all that tells me is that someone doesn't have enough core stability to stabilize their spine to protect it. The way I coach and explain how the diaphragm works is the Coke can analogy. So imagine you holding an unopened Coke can. You place that on the floor and then you step on it with all your weight and it doesn't crush. Why? It's such a small little thing and you, if you're a male, you're probably anywhere from you know 160 pounds to 200 pounds and if you're female, you're a little lighter than that. Why doesn't it crush? So if you think of the mechanism within that Coke can, there's compressed air or carbonation that fills the entire can in a circular motion. But the moment you open up that Coke can and start pouring some of the Coke out and then you step on it, that whole thing just crushes down because now there's no more compressed air. So you utilizing your diaphragm with a proper diaphragmic breath will help create that cocan effect around your spine to protect it from any kind of deadlift, rotational force, torsion, whatever it is that's being challenged in the gym or everyday life. Think about it. So that being said, you know, how do you utilize your diaphragm? And I use this in an assessment. So a really basic assessment to see if you actually use your diaphragm is I tell someone, you can even do it right now, is putting one hand on your belly and one hand on your chest and take three deep breaths and see if the bottom hand moves. If the bottom hand is not moving, you're just starting to use your chest for every single breath. Now that's not a bad thing because when you're sprinting on the track or running or whatever it is, yeah, you're going to start using your chest more because it's such a repetitive thing, right? But if you're going to go into a deadlift position, you take a deep breath in with your chest, what happens? Take a deep breath right now with your chest. Chest goes up and out forward. What happens with the rest of your spine? Your lower back goes into low dorsis. So if you think about it, you're arching your lower back. And now when you're going to extend up into a deadlift position, all that force goes into your lower back. You know, it, it promotes that arch naturally, similar to when women wear heels, their butt sticks out and their chest is out. So think about that now. Imagine every exercise you're doing puts you into that position, that arch, that lordosis arch for every single exercise. No wonder people are getting low back activation. And the more you do that, your brain and nervous system goes, oh, that's 
um, your new normal, so I'm going to help you get to that to make you more efficient at that. And then people kind of have this, like, you know, they start working out, they're feeling good, they hurt their lower back, it gets sore, they have to stop, and they're like, what the hell? And it all starts with the breathing. That's all it is. It starts with the breathing. So when I get people learning how to breathe with their diaphragm, a lot of that stuff goes away. Uh, goes away. You know, in yoga, why do you think they always emphasize the breath? Belly breathing, crocodile breathing, whatever you want to call it, it all starts from the center. So when the diaphragm starts working correctly, a lot of things starts clearing up. I also make the analogy, if you look at children, like toddlers running around without, without their shirts on in the summer, they almost have these pot bellies. But they're not overweight or anything like that. It's just because they utilize their diaphragm very effectively. But as we age, our body likes to go, like I always tell clients and new coaches that I'm teaching, that our bodies are designed to cheat movement. This is why when you're doing lunges, for example, by rep number four or five, you don't go as low because your body goes, what the hell are you doing to me? You're burning calories. You must be dying. I'm going to help stop that to keep you alive. And that means compensating the movement pattern to burn less calories, less energy. And that's why the coach goes, hey, you're not going low enough, two inches lower. And they're like, oh my God, I hate these lunges. Right? So same thing with breathing. Like, if you think about using your diaphragm constantly, that's a lot of work, a lot of mental energy. Your body doesn't like that. It likes to find ways to make it easier. And a compensating pattern is chest breathing. So if you go by that logic, you know, that messes up a lot of things. So when I train a mom that's been experiencing low back pain because all day what she's doing at home is the moment she gets off of work, she's home cleaning, picking up the laundry off the floor, picking up their kids, picking up their kids from the car, to picking up grocery bags, kid in one arm, kicking the door down, and her back just takes the load. Whereas when I teach her how to properly brace with a diaphragmic breath like a power lifter, to pick up her kid and groceries, she's resilient and bulletproof. That's what I like to describe to my clients and, and coaches that I teach, is you're trying to make someone bulletproof by their breath. If you look at any gymnast doing like an iron cross or those street workout people or people in Cirque du Soleil and they have no shirt on and they're doing something that challenges their core stability like nobody's business, watch their bellies, watch their diaphragm, how it's contracting in order to keep that position. Do you ever wonder why powerlifters have those big pot bellies just like little children? Their sport requires a lot of stable uh, spinal stability. In order to get that is their diaphragm. You know, those powerlifters do have big bellies, but they're not fat. They're actually pretty lean. A lot of those powerlifters will have that big belly, but a six-pack sticking out of it. It's just their sport requires a lot of, you know, diaphragm, for their diaphragm to expand to create more spinal stability. You know, so if we can just learn 
how to utilize our diaphragm, a lot of the low back stuff will go away. Because if now, if you think about the anatomy of our diaphragm, you now our diaphragm kind of sits around, uh, if I can remember my anatomy correctly, T9, T10, T11, around there, thoracic rings around there. Um, not thoracic rings, that's rib cage, thoracic vertebrae. There you go. Um, and if you think of your main hip flexor, your psoas major, starts in front of your hip and then attaches around that same area. So when people say, I have tight hips, they usually have their pelvis kind of tilted in that lordotic position so that low back arch that we were talking about earlier, and that person also has that chest breathing thing that constantly puts them into that lower back arch, and then people get that low back pain. So think about that connection of that hip flexor and diaphragm. There's a shit ton of ligaments and tendons and connective tissue, fascia, that all connect around that diaphragm and psoas major. Now imagine if your diaphragm started you being utilized more and started being trained more, and now all that tightness, that neurological tone that you may have in that area is now starting to get a little bit looser. Now that psoas uh, major muscle, your hip flexor, is now starting to get a little bit looser, and now your lower back is on in that arch constantly, and now when you're doing exercises, you're keeping a neutral spine with spinal stability, and lo and behold, your low back pain might be gone, or might have been, you know, a little less than it was last week, all because of breathing. Don't underestimate the power of your breath. It's the first thing that we do as human beings and the last thing we do. I think that's pretty important. I think breath, you ask any professional athlete out there, if you can't hone in on your breath, you lost. So hopefully that helped you guys. If you need examples of like breathing exercises or breath work or you know how to do it while you're deadlifting or when you're doing a certain exercise to prevent low back pain or how to pick up your kid with the breath work, let me know. Like, add me on Facebook, email me, whatever it is, message me, DM me on Instagram. I'm happy to help. I have a lot of resources to give you and I love helping people, so let me know. That's it for me. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Give me five stars on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, wherever my podcast is. And I'm going to continue giving you the best fitness and health advice out there. That's it for me. Crush the rest of the week, you guys.